Sure. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone here at the gate. What a, what a great day it is to be gathering together, worshiping Jesus Christ. How many have sensed God's presence here today? I know for myself, just, you know, this is one of my first gatherings since early March. Um, I have not preached at a public church service because I travel full-time on the road. Um, since early March, I've preached one service in Houston, Texas, and now this service here. So this is my second church meeting in like six months, praise God. So I'm glad to be here today, and I know that where two or more are gathered, God is right there in the midst of them, and when God is here, all the limits go off. And I just want to make that declaration over you today from the very beginning of this time that any limitation you walked in here with today is coming off today in Jesus' name. Any mountain you've been facing, it has to move in Jesus' name. Any valley that's been in front of you, it has to be lifted up in Jesus' name because God is going before you today. And, and, and I just really believe that God is going to release some things today spiritually into our lives that's going to help propel us to the next level. How many are ready to go to the next level? You don't want to camp out too long in one place. You want to go to the next level. You don't want to stagnate. You want to go higher, right? So uh, we're excited today. We honor Pastor John and Pastor Tiffany and, and, and their team here. You guys do a fantastic job. I love the spirit that is in this house, the worship team. You guys did amazing this morning, just bringing in the pure presence of God. And you know what I love? I love when I watch or I, or, or I peek my eye open every now and then throughout worship, and I see the worship team worshiping. Wow, I know what a novel concept that is. I know. But it's really great when you see a worship team worshiping. So praise the Lord for a great worship team that worships Jesus. They're not, they're not up here performing or doing a show for you. They're up here worshiping Jesus, and we get to worship all together and enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. So anyway, my wife Stephanie sends her love, and my two babies, they are at home this morning, but my babies send their love. They don't know it, but they do. <laughs> Our youngest one now is seven months old. And he's amazing. His name is Noah Alexander and our two-year-old, Braden James. And they're, uh, they're just our amazing, amazing babies, amazing kids. And uh, we love them so much. And it's been a great season, really, uh, in our family uh, with, with these two additions that God has given to us. So um, they, they're praying for us this morning. They're watching. Hey, everyone on live stream. My wife is watching with my kids on live stream. So praise the Lord. We send blessing to the babies at home. Amen. And they'll play with dad when dad, when dad gets home today. <laughs> Praise God. Um, yes, and everyone else watching on live stream today, because I know there's a lot of folks that tune in by live stream. Uh, just get ready for God to encounter you through the live stream today, because what God is doing here is going to release right through the airwaves, right to you in your home, and your home is going to become filled with the glory of God. Praise God. And your family's going to get a breakthrough, and you're going to get a breakthrough today, because today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day of breakthrough. Now, look, I am not here. My assignment from God today is not to stand here and report to you what I see on the news. You have enough earthly reporting. I am not an earthly reporter today. I'm not here to report from an earthly perspective. I'm here to report from a heavenly perspective. Okay, I'm here to shift some focus and some perspectives from heaven's perspective. And I think as prophetic people, it's so important that we don't just report what we see in here in the natural, but we report what God is saying in heavenly places because we are anointed by God to establish on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus taught us to pray this way. He said, pray for my kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So today, we're here to declare miracles. We're here to declare breakthrough. We're here to declare blessing over your life. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And when you're so happy, others are going to be like, why are you so happy during such a crazy season? You're, and, and you know, you're going to make them all jealous with your joy. Praise God. <laughs> Until they get the same joy you get. Amen. <laughs> so uh, before I jump into the word that God put on my heart this morning, um, let me say, after service, I will hang out. 
I will hang out at my table. Uh, we have a, a resource table that, you know, we love to equip people with, with the word. So we got some resources. If you love anointed worship, we have some music CDs. This one is called Awakening, Encountering the Manifest Glory of God. And I just believe that when God's glory touches us, he changes us and he transforms us. So um, this CD is, is all original uh, composed worship music with scriptures on the Holy Spirit and the glory of God and then prayers of impartation for the fire of God. So be very careful if you, if you listen to this in your car <laughs> while you're driving, okay? <laughs> but that's a great one. And then we got this teaching set called Shift Your Atmosphere. How many know the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of this world? Okay, there is definitely an atmosphere in this world. There is. But that is not your atmosphere. Okay, heaven is your atmosphere. So you can shift your internal atmosphere and then release heaven's atmosphere around you. So we got a whole teaching set on that called Shift Your Atmosphere. And we teach you how to first get your internal atmosphere right so that there can be an overflow of God's atmosphere from your life around you. So that's a great teaching set on the glory and on really how to cultivate that type of thing in your life. And then this is a very video course that we did. Uh, it's seven videos. We also include the audio version in here as well. And it's called, Are You a Feeler? Now, the Lord had me put this together because number one, I am a feeler. And the first gift I got from the Holy Spirit was discerning of spirits. And the spirit world became very real to me. I started feeling everything. And I didn't know what to do with what I felt. And I became number one ghostbuster. And if there was a demon, I went after it. And, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I anointed everything with oil. You know, it's just you know, how it was. And the Lord taught me how to utilize that gift in a life-giving way. Because if you are an intuitive person or a feeler, an intercessor, you feel things in the spirit realm, it could, you can easily go down the path of um, engaging or, or experiencing what I call unnecessary spiritual warfare. Because you are intuitive and you are sensitive, you can feel things around you and you could come under those things. But the Lord taught me how not to come under those things, but how to rule over those things and really rule from the place of heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so you're over and not under. And how do you discern in the realm of the spirit and not become unnecessarily oppressed? Okay, I'll say it like that, where you feel like you walk into a room and you're like, oh. Oh, God, it's so heavy in here. Oh, God, you know, and some churches are like that. You know, I walk into some churches, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> There's more demons than people in this church, God, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that, you know, but uh, not here. Praise God. Today, it's the, it's the glory here, okay? So, but, you know, what do you do with those things? What do you do with those? How do you enjoy your life if you're always fighting demons and always under something and always like, oh, God, you know? So it's really hard just to be full of joy and peace when you're feeling those things as well. So how do you navigate it, right? So that's what we taught on, and it's, it's a whole video course on it. And we have marked it 50% off, so that's great. And then we got a, a prophetic school we've done, prophetic activation. I call it prophesying the golden people. You know, look, it doesn't take a prophetic gift to see the negative in people. You can be the least prophetic person and see the negative in everyone around you. I mean, it, it doesn't take prophecy to see the negative in people. You just have to hang out with them for more than maybe a day, and then you'll discern where they may fall short. But it really does, you know, then marry them, and then you really will see where they fall short. No, but I mean, you know, because you're with them day in and day out. But... It does take the eyes of God to see the gold in someone. And sometimes that gold is buried real deep. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, it's, it's in there, but it's, it's covered with some stuff. You know, it's covered with some dysfunction, or it's covered with some issues, or it's covered with some problems. But, you know, as a prophetic person, you can be anointed by God to discern with the eyes of God the gold in someone and begin to call it forth prophetically and shift that person into who God has called them to be and destined them to be. I really personally believe prophecy in New Testament is really life-giving. It's very much filled with comfort. Uh, it's very much uh, filled with exhortation and, and construction. It builds people up. That's really New Testament prophecies to build. So we want to be builders of people. How many of you, you want to build people? You don't want to tear them down. You want to build them, right? I mean, look, if something needs to be torn down in someone's life, let God tear it down. And then let the life-giving resurrection word of God come from you to help build them up into who God has called them to be. Oh, Hallelujah. Praise God. So 
Yes. So that's, uh, we'll be out there after service. And let me also encourage you guys, because we love, you know, my goal in life is just to get people as close to Jesus as possible and as filled with him as possible and, and see them become the person God has designed and destined them to be. So we built a phone app and you can download it to your phone. And if you do, and you see smoke coming out of your phone, don't get alarmed. It's just the anointing flowing from our phone app. But you go to your, your, your app store and you just search for my name, Matt Sorger Ministries, and download it. And everything, literally everything is in there. We got our weekly video that we do in there. By the way, every single week, if you're free on Friday night, 8 p.m., I stream a live service every Friday night from my home. And we just stream it out and pray for people. We have been seeing miracles happen online. We haven't seen people get healed online. People get filled with the glory online. I mean, look, there is no time or distance in the spirit. At all, no time or distance. So we got on the app, we got our weekly videos. We got our weekly podcast called Glory Living. Uh, We've got our weekly blog on there. We've got just so much stuff in there for you that at any moment you need encouragement. We even have an audio Bible in there. If you just want to listen to the word of God, just click play and it'll it'll read the Bible to you. So um, it's just a great way to continue to stay connected. So praise the Lord. Turn in your Bibles. To Micah chapter 2. I was praying up early this morning, and me and Pastor John were texting a little bit, and I just sensed this scripture early this morning come into my spirit, and I want to start by declaring it over you today. Now, how many here would say in this, in this season of life, maybe you've, you have faced some challenges? Has anyone here faced some challenges? Has anyone here at times had moments of discouragement or moments of like what is happening or where is everything going or what, you know, what is going on? You know, has, has, you know, you bound everything you know to bind and done everything you know to do. And, you know, it's like some, you know, some days are like that. And in Micah chapter two, verse 13, there's an amazing scripture here that is a prophetic scripture about the person of Jesus in the Old Testament. And it's in this scripture, he's called the breaker. Micah 2 verse 13, the breaker or the Messiah will go up before them. And I'm going to say today, them is you. The breaker will go up before them and they will break through. Pass in through the gate and go out through it And their king will pass on before them the Lord at their head. Now, one of the reasons I love this church is because of the name of the church. The gate. I mean, there's so much in in that name. But here it says, the breaker will go up before them and they will break through. Now, can I just say this today? The reason why we all can experience breakthrough personally and corporately. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of breakthroughs, right? We get personal breakthrough where we get to experience a transformation or a change or we get set free or we get healed or something happens in us that shifts us from one place to another place, okay, in our walk with God and in our day-to-day life. So we get to experience breakthrough, but not only do we get to experience breakthrough, God will then take the breakthrough he gives you and make it a breakthrough for somebody else. And I love to say it like this. This is why God really makes the devil regret ever trying to mess with you. Why? Because the very breakthrough God gives to you will become a breakthrough for somebody else. Because God wants to release multiplication through your life. He wants to multiply the breakthrough that he gives to you for other people. And here it says the breaker goes before us and the people then break through. Why do we get to break through? It's because someone has already broken through and his name is Jesus Christ. Because he has gone before us. Because he gave his life up on the cross and he made this declaration. He said, it's finished. And when when he made that statement, he was saying, I have defeated sin, I've defeated sickness, I've defeated the enemy, I've defeated any demonic assignment that will ever be sent against you. It's finished. The power of the enemy is broken, and the breaker went before us. And because Jesus has gone before us, we get to break through. Oh, praise the Lord. 
And I got to remind you of this today. Jesus has gone before you. He has gone before us. In this time, in this day, right now, as we are alive today, Jesus has gone before us today. This is not just he went before us 2,000 years ago, but he has gone before us for our moment today. And because Jesus has gone before us, we get to enter into his breakthrough. And I love what it says here. It says they, they will go in through the gate and go out through the gate. Who's the gate? Jesus is the gate. What did Jesus say? He says, I'm the door. I am the door. All who come to the Father come through me. He's the door. He's the gate. He is the gate. And we go in through Jesus, and then we're sent out through Jesus. Come on now. He has not just called you in. He's also commissioning you to send you out. If the church ever needs to understand that this is a season of commissioning, it is today. We have been brought in through the gate so that we can then go out through the gate and bring Jesus to the world around us, bring some hope, bring some life, bring some joy, bring some faith to the world around us. And I believe that we really are on a, on a we're in a time where there's going to be, and I started this year, when I came into this year, one of the words God gave me was that we are in a season of suddenlies. And I started prophesying suddenlies. And then all of a sudden, you know, a suddenly called COVID happened. And I'm like, praise God, that was not the suddenly I was prophesying about, God. I was not prophesying a sudden, you know, global pandemic. Praise God. But I understood that even in the midst of everything that is happening, God's word is true. And we really are in a season of suddenlies. Where God is suddenly going to show up in so many different ways. It's going to shock people. It's going to shock people. And I declare good suddenlies over your life. Come on now. I declare good suddenlies. Sudden miracles. Sudden provisions. Sudden open doors. Sudden, sudden opportunities that were not there before. All of a sudden a new door. A new opportunity is going to be before you. Sudden anointings. Sudden new gifts of God flowing through your life. I declare good suddenlies over your life today. A sudden rising up of faith on the inside of you that suddenly miracles are happening all around you. A sudden joy where there should be no natural reason for joy, but now all of a sudden there's supernatural joy on the inside of you. Just sudden moves of God. And I really believe this today as I was pondering this. God wants to release some sudden face-to-face encounters with him. I really believe this prophetically. We are in a season right now where God wants to visit people face to face. And I prophesy over you today a face-to-face encounter with the living Jesus Christ. That you're going to see him and know him like you have never seen and known him before. And it's going to be a sudden encounter between you and God and God and you. And it's going to do something in your life. It's going to do something in your life suddenly. Malachi 3, 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, will suddenly show up in his house. So I just declare a lot of good suddenlies over you. Praise God. I receive it, Lord. I receive some good suddenlies, God. Some good heavenly suddenlies. Now, breakthrough talking about breakthrough because the breaker is going before us and I really as I was praying into this I felt the Lord lead me in a certain direction for this morning Ephesians chapter 2 I want to transition into this and then we're gonna we're just gonna follow as the Holy Spirit leads us here this morning it says in Ephesians chapter 2 he raised us up verse 6 he raised us up how many thank God today that he raised you up You are not dead in your sins any longer. He has raised you up. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, not only raised up your spirit, but has quickened your mortal body. Praise God. He raised us up together with him and made us sit down together in the heavenly sphere in Christ Jesus. And I think sometimes we got to remind ourselves of this. When, when, things are, when things are happening or things are coming against us, you know, in your day-to-day life, you have to remind yourself, wait a second, I have been raised with Christ. I am in Christ. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above every power and principality. You've got to remind yourself who you are and where you are in Christ. He did this. 
that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless riches of his free grace in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. See, this is, this is what we get to experience from God in Christ, the unlimited, immeasurable riches of his grace in our life. It's an amazing thing. It's by free grace that you are saved through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves. It's not of your own doing. It did not come through your own striving. It's the gift of God. Now, I want to say this today. Not only is your salvation a free gift from God and not of your own striving, but your transformation into the fullness of his image is also by the grace of God and not by your own striving. Have you realized this yet? You cannot change yourself. Have you ever tried to change an area of yourself? And you have tried now the hundredth time. And you're like, praise God, I will change this area of my life. You're like, you know, after that second bowl of ice cream, I will change how I eat. And like every day you chat tomorrow, tomorrow, this is it. I'm not eating that anymore. And then tomorrow comes, you're like, ah, I'll eat it one more time. And it's for sure tomorrow, for sure, you know. <laughs> and we make promises or we make these internal statements to ourselves, but then we find sometimes the very things we want to change, we just see it keep happening. But here's the amazing thing. Here is the amazing thing that I have learned, that when you step out of self-striving and you really lock into the grace of God, you will discover a power source greater than your free will, you will discover a power source called the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that is with you every single moment that will change you from the inside out one step at a time. Oh, praise God. He has started this work and he will finish this work. Not because of works, lest any man should boast. It's not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself or take glory to himself. So that we can't boast in our own ability. For we are God's handiwork. You're God's handiwork. You're God's project. Praise God. You know, sometimes we take people on as a project and we're like, we're going to fix them. No, 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 no. You got you to gotta stop making people your project and let them be God's project. Okay, because if you try to fix someone, you're going to realize not only can you not fix you, you can't fix them either. But if you give them to God, God can do it. They are God's handiwork, God's workmanship, just like we are. We're God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do the good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. So no one could boast... No one can say, I have done this. I have transformed myself. I have changed myself. I have perfected myself. No. But what I see the Lord releasing even more and more in this day is God wants to release a face-to-face -face encounter with him. The type of encounter where we experience what Ephesians talks about, where we get to experience the tangible grace of God that transforms us into the very image of what we're beholding. Oh, praise God. Now, I was recently thinking on the Old Testament temple model. And if you have your Bibles, turn over to Genesis. Genesis 32. And while you're, while you're turning there, you could just kind of hold that chapter, Genesis 32. I was thinking about prayer and breakthrough and how prayer and breakthrough are connected to each other we pray and god releases that breakthrough because we align our hearts and our minds with the word and with jesus and and he hears our prayers now there's a lot of different levels of prayer a lot of different types of prayer and i want today to share with you something i've learned in my own life and walk with god Something that I have applied to my own personal walk that has helped me break through when I needed a breakthrough. So now, you look at the Old Testament model of the temple, and I'm just going to be brief on this, but I'll, I'll describe to you the layout. So you have the outer court, right? 
You have the outer court, then you have the holy place, and then you have the holy of holies, the way the structure of the temple is. In the outer court, that's where everyone hung out. Everyone was in the outer court. Then as you move in to the holy place and then into the holy of holies, only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. So you had the high priest in the holy of holies and you had the, the, the mass, the crowd of people out in the outer court. Now in the outer court is where you found the brazen altar. Now I want to look at these three places and dissect for you for a moment three levels of prayer and then the result and what happens from these three levels of prayer and then the last one I want to touch on will be a key for a new level of breakthrough in your life okay so in the outer court you had the brazen altar what was that that was where sin was atoned for it was in the outer court so the first type of prayer I want to talk about is when we draw near to God and he draws near to us and we get convicted anyone ever experienced conviction where all of a sudden, and well, maybe you're in a moment, you get an attitude, or or you behave a certain way, or you talk a certain way, or or you be or you do something, and then all of a sudden you draw near to God and you're convicted, and you realize, wait a second, I shouldn't have behaved that way, I shouldn't have had that attitude, I shouldn't have talked that way. Anyone ever, anyone ever experienced that? Where in the moment you felt very justified to say exactly what you wanted to say, exactly how you wanted to say it, and then afterwards you draw near to God and you're like, oops, I don't think I should have said it like that. Right? So the outer court, though, this is where confession, prayer, confession, I call it confession prayer happens, or repentance prayer. We draw near to God. By the way, repentance is not just a one-time thing. You know, if you get convicted of something, confess it to God and say, God, forgive me. I missed it here. Forgive me, God. I, I confess it. I bring it before you. I repent of it. The blood of Jesus washes you clean. When you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So we know there is confession prayer. That's in the outer court. And many times people, they even confession of Jesus as their savior. Jesus, I believe you're my savior and I ask you to forgive my sin and they get saved they experience salvation but a lot of people their prayer life ends with that in the outer court they've confessed their sin that Jesus has forgiven them their sin they're saved and then that's that's really where they remain in prayer and they just stay there. it's a very powerful prayer but there's even more that we can experience in prayer so then you go from the outer court into the holy place. In the holy place, you have three things. You have the showbread, you have the incense, and you have the lampstand. Now, this is really interesting. When you move into the holy place, and we're talking about going deeper in our prayer life. When you move into the holy place, this is where the showbread is. The showbread is the word of God, okay? The incense speaks of intercession, and the lampstand speaks of the illumination. When you enter into that place, now you are in the word, and all of a sudden, the light of the Holy Spirit is giving you revelation of the word, and as you're getting revelation of the word of God, and as you're being illuminated by the light of the word and the light of the Holy Spirit, now there's this living word, there's this illumination that's happening inside of you. You're not just forgiven of your sin, but now you're going deeper. And then all of a sudden there's the incense, which is intercession. It's petition, intercession, prayer. So this level of prayer, and many of us here have experienced this kind of prayer. How many have experienced petition prayer? where you go to God and you're basically asking him about things and you're giving God petitions in your life. Many times our prayer will start this way where we will have felt needs in our life and that felt need will cause you to pray. That felt need, that burden, that thing that you're carrying, you'll go to God and you'll talk to God because you have this thing you just need to talk to God about. Or you, you have a need in your life, so you're praying about that need. Or, or someone else around you has a need, so now you're interceding for that person and you enter into the realm of intercessory prayer for other people, for yourself and for other people. And it's a very powerful place of prayer. It is, because God hears those prayers and he answers those prayers. So you have the petition prayer. You have the intercessory prayer. And many times it is a felt need, and we'll see this in just a second. It's not a bad thing, but it's, it's a reality that many times it's people's felt needs that cause them to pray. And God will use that. 
But then you go past that prayer into the Holy of Holies. And what's in the Holy of Holies? You have the ark, you have the mercy seat, and this is where the Shekinah glory would come down in the temple. The Shekinah glory was not in the outer court, was not in the holy place, it was in the Holy of Holies. How many want the Shekinah glory in your life? The tangible glory of God in your life. How many want to carry the tangible glory of God in your life? You don't want to carry a spirit of depression. You want to carry a spirit of the, the glory of God. Right? So the glory is in the holy of holies. Now, as we move in these different levels of prayer, it's in the holy of holies. Now, I call this abiding communion prayer. And I remember when the Lord first started bringing me into this. I was a young pastor. I was young in ministry. And I went one day into the church building where my office was in the building. And I open up my office door, and I go to walk into my office, and I walk right into the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit says to me, sit down. I want to spend this whole day with you. And I shut my door. I took the phone off the hook. Secretaries were not happy with me, but it's okay. They survived. And I sat in my chair, and the presence of God came down over me. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed with the tangible presence of God that I would say, thank you, Jesus. Like, I would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And when I said, thank you, Jesus, the presence lifted off. And then I got quiet again, and he came back. And then I said, thank you, Jesus, and the presence lifted off. And then I got quiet again, and he came back. And then a third time, thank you, Jesus, and he lifted off. And then I got quiet again, and then I realized God did not want me talking. He didn't want me talking. And I finally got the revelation. Wait, just, just be quiet for a moment. So I sat there, and the presence of God increased greater, and that this visitation with God lasted the entire day as I sat there into the early evening just under the tangible weight of God's presence with no words being spoken the entire time, no prayers, no petition, no confession, no nothing, just being, abiding, communion heart-to-heart, face-to-face with God. And I realized that there is a place in prayer where you don't even have to speak words. But many times we have to do the other prayers to get into that place, right? Because if you're distracted by things, you got to get through the distractions. If you're burdened by things, you got to commit them to God in prayer. you got to petition them and give them to God. Cast your cares on the Lord. You have, to, you have to cast those things off. But many times in order to get into the Holy of Holies experientially, you need to pray through all these other things until finally you're like, okay, God, I give it all to you. Here's my list. <laughs> Here's my needs. I'm really praying for this person to change, God. I'm interceding heavy for them, God. And then you, you go through all of that, and then you're like, okay, Jesus, now I just want to be in your presence. Now I just want to love you, and I just want to see your face. And many times we break through into that place, and then we say amen, and we leave. Because we feel, we feel the release. Okay, the burden is off of me. Okay, I feel better. I'm trusting God now. Until tomorrow, then I got to trust him again. And then, you know, but it's like we, we get to that place of prayer and we say amen and we get up and we walk out. But that's really where prayer is just beginning. Where that communion with God is just beginning. And he's saying, no, don't be quick once you break through and get a release to leave quickly, but stay there. Just remain there a little bit longer. Now, because I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's when you learn to abide in that place that the anointing increases on your life. That the tangible presence of God will increase on you so that when you come out of the place of prayer, you're carrying God on you in a different way than before you went into that time with him. Now, how many want to experience greater breakthrough in your life? Right? So now, I want this. The Lord showed me this recently. Genesis 32 And I love how this all ties together. Genesis 32, verse, let's see. Let's look, start in verse 24. How many, let me ask you this question today, because I like to apply the word to our our lives. How many here today have ever gone to God in prayer, and you were really motivated by some desperation, or there was something happening in life that you knew God was the only one you could talk to about it, and so it was motivating you to talk to God and pray. 
How many have experienced that? I've experienced that. I think God uses these things to, you know, he doesn't send these things, but he'll use it all for good. Genesis 32, here's Jacob. Now, what happened with Jacob? Jacob deceived his brother Esau and stole his birthright. Esau finds out about it, and he's coming after Jacob to kill him. And Jacob is running for his life. He is desperate for his life. And here he is. He's left alone. He has his brother's birthright. His brother found out about it. Now he's like, okay, now I'm going to lose my life. If my brother, he's running after me, he's going to catch me, and, and this is it. And he has a very high level of desperation in his heart. And in Genesis 32, verse 24, it says, Jacob was left alone. And a man, capital M, a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And many commentators say it's a pre-incarnate form of Christ or God, representing God. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go. Day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. Now look at this. Jacob is wrestling with the angel of the Lord, wrestling with the angel of the Lord, wrestling with this, with this man. And, and Jacob is saying, I am not going to let you go. I'm so desperate in this situation that I will not let you go until you declare a blessing on me. Because if you don't bless me, my life is over. If you don't bless me, this situation is going to overcome me. And so he's, he's, what is he doing? He's giving a petition prayer. <clears throat> he's petitioning. He's requesting. He's asking for a blessing on his life. And his prayer life right now is motivated by desperation. It's motivated by external circumstances. And he is going into petition asking for a blessing. And I love how God responds to him. Look what he says. The man asked him. He just looks right at Jacob. And he says to him, what is your name? That's a really interesting response. Jacob is praying and asking for a blessing. And God says to him, what's your name? And I love how the Amplified Bible says it. In shock of realization... Jacob, he says, Jake, Jacob says this, in, in a shock of realization, what's my name? Jacob, supplanter, deceiver, trickster. See, he went from petition prayer suddenly into confession prayer. <laughs> and while he's asking for a blessing, God is confronting his issue. He's here, God, I need this. God, help me here. God... What's your name? Deceiver. But once, but look at, look at what happens here. Once out of his own mouth, he confesses his sin and confesses his weakness and confesses his own lack. Then God says to him, your name will no longer be called Jacob or supplanter, but now you are called Israel, contender with God, for you have contended and you have power with God and with men and you have prevailed. In this moment of confrontation, God changes his name from deceiver to prince with God. Oh, hallelujah. Jacob, bless me, bless me, bless me. What's your name? You're right. I have deceived my brother. Yes, I'm in this mess because I made wrong choices. Yes, I have this weakness. Yes, I have committed this sin. Yes, I made this mistake. And the moment he confesses his weakness to God, the moment he moves into confession and says, yes, I acknowledge this. Can I just tell you something? There are some people that will never change because they refuse to take personal responsibility for their own behavior. They refuse to change because it is always everyone else's fault. Look, if everything in your life is always everyone else's fault... You will go through the same cycles and the same patterns over and over again, always projecting it onto other people and never taking responsibility for yourself. Oh, praise the Lord. I know I ain't preaching to anybody in here today. This is for someone online, okay? This is for someone online. 
discovered is if you really want to change, it starts by taking responsibility for yourself to say, you know what? Yeah, this person did that, but I did this. And I take responsibility for my role in this situation. Now, sometimes there are situations where someone is totally innocent and someone is not innocent. 100% there are those situations. But there's a lot of scenarios in our life where sometimes it is just everyone else's fault. And, and we never take responsibility for ourselves. But it's in those situations that that person, 20 years from now, you will go visit them again. And they will be exactly the same person they were 20 years ago. They don't change. They go through the, they, they stay the same because they always blame shift and they never take personal accountability. But what I've discovered is the moment I can get real enough with myself and real enough with God to say, you know what, God, I do have this problem. You know what, God, I do have this weakness. You know what, God, sometimes this attitude is not really right and I really do need to change. But then it's not getting into strive mode and self-change mode. It's, God, I confess it to you. I confess my weakness to you. I confess the reality of this struggle to you. The moment Jacob confessed it to God was the moment the change happened. Where he was then transformed from Jacob into Israel. From deceiver into prince with God, who then had power with God and power with man. Oh, praise God. So you got petition prayer. You got confession prayer. Now you got, look what it says here. Jacob, verse 30, called the name of the place Peniel, the face of God, saying, I have seen God face to face. He has spared me. And he has changed me. Now, face to face, I have seen God face to face, and I'm no longer leaving this place, Jacob. I'm coming out of this face to face encounter now, Israel. And what I could not change about myself, God changed. Because I was willing to be honest enough with myself and honest enough with God to go to Him with my problem and to allow His grace to transform me. And this right here is one of the greatest keys for personal breakthrough. You want to break through a pattern? You want to break through something that you're dealing with? You have to just be really honest to God and say, Hey, God, I bring this to you. And in that face-to-face -face encounter with him, he is able by his grace and his strength and his might, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, he is able to change you where you cannot change you. And then in the whole beginning of this, God touched his thigh. He came out with a limp. And I think that's really interesting because now here is Israel limping. But you know what I think that means? I think it means that even when we do get a breakthrough and even when we do, you know, change, God says, take heed lest you fall, which means this. Even when you do get the victory, always remember that even in the victory, you are still totally dependent on God. Because as he limped out of that face-to-face -face encounter, that limp reminded him every day, I am still dependent on God. He changed me from Jacob. He made me Israel, but I am still dependent on him. Even in my transformation, I am still dependent on him. And when you depend on him, the Bible says what? It says it like this in Hebrews. Come boldly to the throne of grace and receive well-timed help just when you need it. That's the grace of God. Well-timed help just when you need it. He is right there for you. Not only to change you, but then to keep you changed. Praise God. Not only to help you pass the test, but when you get a surprise pop quiz, to pass that too. Praise God. Changed and transformed in communion, in face-to-face -face encounter with him. He's able to do it. Oh, isn't this awesome? Praise God. I knew I didn't have the strength to do it, God. But you do. And I'm looking at you. And my face is on you. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict of righteousness. Now, that's really something. The Holy Spirit will convict you of righteousness. You know what that means? The Holy Spirit will convince you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He'll not only convict you of sin, but he will also convince you that you are righteous in Christ. 
and he will solidify you in your identity in Jesus Christ. And I think if there's one thing that will empower us more than anything else is that you continually remind yourself that you are righteous in Christ, who you are in Christ, what God has done for you, that his grace is sufficient for you, that his grace is available to you every single day at every single moment. And where you were Jacob, you don't have to live like Jacob. You don't have to be identified as Jacob. Now you can walk as a prince with God. Now here's the amazing thing. This whole this thing amazes me. You know why? Because God did not want a nation of Jacobites. He wanted a nation of Israelites. But in order to have a nation of Israelites, he had to have a man named Israel. Now think about that. If Jacob had not had this encounter with God dealing with himself... See, what's in you is what gets multiplied through you. You see, and God didn't want to multiply Jacob. He wanted to multiply Israel. So the more you let God deal with you, oh, come on now. Someone's going to help me preach here today. The more you let God deal with you, let him deal with you. Just let him do it. Let him do it. Let him deal with you. Just let him do it. And because when Jacob got dealt with and became Israel, God was then able to multiply Israel into a whole nation. And this is where the very breakthrough that night as he was left alone with God all night long, the very breakthrough he got that night became multiplied into a whole nation. Millions of people got touched from this one face-to-face encounter that Jacob had. And Jacob became Israel and Israel became a nation. Now look, you have to realize this. Realize this. Get a bigger picture about your life. The changes God is making in you is not just for your sake. Because God wants to multiply through you what he does in you. And he doesn't want to multiply the bad. He wants to multiply the good. So just let him deal with whatever he's got to deal with. Praise God. So that he can then multiply through your life his image. Prince with God. Face-to-face encounter with God. Changed into his likeness. My flesh is crucified. My attitudes have to die. I got to deal with myself. I got to deal with all of it. Praise God. And then the good things of God become multiplied through my life. So I encourage you today in your process. I encourage you because we are all in the process. Some of you saved a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It does not matter how long you're saved for. You are still in a process. You're still in a process. And God is bringing us from glory to glory, transformation to transformation. And he wants to take what he puts in you and then release it through you. You come in through the gate and then you go out through the gate. And God wants to, what you receive in the gate, he wants to release through you outside the gate. That's a good word right there for this church. (laughs) What you receive in the gate, he wants to release through you outside the gate. And really make your life touch other people's lives. Touch other people's lives. Um, I want to share something with you this morning because I feel like it is so on the heart of God. I'm going to make a little transition here. And then I'm going to pass it over and then we're going to pray. I want to say a prayer for everyone here this morning. But... This is so, how many have seen even recently the whole trafficking thing coming up on the world scene? That God is illuminating things hidden in darkness. And I really believe prophetically, it's like, it's like the whole Me Too movement that happened in Hollywood. I'm telling you, we are going to see so many things uncovered in this hour. God is taking things that have been hidden in dark and he is in the darkness and he is bringing it out into the light. It's by the hand of the Lord. It's what he's doing. And I remember years ago, this was years ago, before we ever heard anything about human trafficking, God spoke to my heart in prayer, and he told me, he said, Matt, I'm going to put a spotlight on the trafficking situation that is happening globally. And it was shortly after that that a very high-profile secular personality came out and started, really started putting us, because God uses everyone, and started putting a spotlight on this thing. And now we've seen it over the last few years really um, amplified. And it's, it's what God wants to do. We are, um, we are constructively dealing with a situation. We've got over 200 children that we have now seen rescued out of trafficking. If you add them all together, it's 200, over 260 children that we have seen through our ministry pulled out of trafficking, not only pulled out, but then cared for, right? So 
Some of these situations are just horrific that we hear about on a month-to-month basis, but the Lord is the restorer of all things, and, and he is restoring these beautiful children. One of our first if you've never visited our website, rescueonenow.com, all of, not all of them, but a handful of our stories have been put up there uh, for you to understand these children and what God is doing in their lives. One of our first little girls in India, her name was Pavani, or is Pavani, because she's still in our home there. Um, we have five homes in India, and then we're also in other nations, but this little girl was kidnapped at the age of eight years old. And this is one of our first girls. We've been involved in ministry in India for over 15 years now. And we built our first home 15 years ago, bought the land, built the structure, rescued 50 girls off of the street. And I said, okay, this is our home. But then God said, no, that's just the beginning. And now we're over 260. But this little girl was kidnapped and sold by two men out to 20 men a day. And one day she was resisting and fighting back. And as she did, they disciplined her by breaking her legs. And then infection set in and they brought her to the hospital and they had to amputate one of her legs. And on the way out of the hospital, they took this little girl and just kind of threw her in the garbage on the side of the hospital because now she was no longer useful for their purpose. So she just was thrown out there and one of our Rescue One team found her. And, and this was one of the first little girls brought into our home. And she's doing fantastic, by the way. She's doing fantastic. That's, her, that's one name, one little face on this whole thing that we call human trafficking. One victim of it. But we're in a place right now, because of COVID, our homes in India and in our different outreaches have been affected by this. As you know, even in America, many school systems are trying to figure out how do we do school now? What does this look like? And for them, our administrators on the ground have told us that we're having to shift from, because we have invested in private education and really good schools for our kids. We believe that one of the ways you break the, the, the cycle of trafficking in a child's life is not only to invest in them spiritually, but also to give them the tools and the education they need to rise above the situations they've been in to build their future. One of the greatest ways you can build the future future of a traffic child is by massively investing in their education so that they have tools to live with as they go into day-to-day life. So um, schools now are shifting to remote learning. So their school systems have been shut down and the kids that can continue education has to be remote. So now our homes are not equipped for this, but we're quickly getting equipped for it. And we're, we're having to make plans this month so that these children can continue on with their education and not fall back a year and lose their education now. So what we're doing is we are investing as a ministry. We're buying uh, tablets or iPads for each grade in each home. So we technically need 50. We can work with 40 tablets and then each grade in each home will be able to do remote learning from our safe homes from our safe houses they won't have to go to a school but they can do their education from their home with these tablets one tablet costs 250 dollars so we're in a place right now as a ministry which is god can i just tell you how god is so good as a ministry we've not we function as an itinerant ministry which means we fun- our, our ministry functions off of offerings we receive on the road. Now, we've had like six months almost of no offerings on the road with 200 plus children to care for on a daily basis. And now we have this education need of over $10,000. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help. But he's a faithful God. He is a good God. And people are amazing. The church, Christians are amazing. So I just want to share this with you because it's the moment we're in right now for these children that we need to buy these tablets so that they can continue with their education and not be left behind during this type of season. So I'm going to pass this back over to the leadership here, and they're going to help facilitate an offering. Um, You know, 
we have children that have not been sponsored yet, yet we care for them and we trust God. If you ever want to help a rescued child, uh, we have information at our resource table after service. Um, you can visit our website. But for us, we're believing God that we'll be able this month to get at least 40 iPad tablet things that they can use for their for their online education. They don't have any of that stuff, but we can we can help. How many want to help a child? this morning. How many want to just do something for a child this morning? So um, whatever God speaks to your heart to give, but just so you know, it's 250 for one tablet. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could do more. I don't know. But whatever God speaks to your heart, and all of this will be sown into this outreach that we're doing this month. And so God bless you guys. I'm going to pass this back. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Okay? Amen. Yeah. Thanks so much, Matt. We love having you in, man. It's an incredible morning. Um, I know Matt's going to pray and bless us here in a minute, but uh, I do want to encourage everyone. Uh, this is my third or fourth time hearing you, and it uh, still hits me every time. Every time he shares about the work that you guys are doing, it just it hits me. I'm a feeler, so I'm having to take a minute. Rain above that for a second. So a logistical thing um, for the house real quick. Because of COVID, we're not passing the baskets and so what we have is there's an offering um, box in the back. We can't separate the two offerings. So if you are giving to Matt right now, I need you to make sure you mark it somehow. If you don't, it's going to be incredibly hard for me to pray and discern which one you meant. I will do my best, but let's make it easy and let's make sure Matt gets everything that he deserves. So if you're doing it that way, please mark it in the back. We also have the text to give. Now, this part's really important too. You need to put a keyword with it. Again, if you don't, it looks like it's just our normal house offering. So when you give, text that number, the keyword is guest. When you send that, that'll go to Matt and his ministry. So this morning, um, why don't we do this? Just everyone extend your hands towards Matt. Father, we thank you so much for his ministry and the gift that he is and his family. And we pray that this darkness that is being confronted and, and just overcome with the light and the love of God will just continue and it would grow so much stronger. I pray, God, that anything that they've lost in this season of COVID, God, it would be restored and it would actually be more than what he lost. I pray, God, special blessing over them for everything that they're doing. I thank you for the love that he carries, the breakthrough that he carries, the freedom that he is bringing. I feel that anointing in this house for all of us this morning, but over these kids individually, Father, every one of them, all 260 plus of them, God. We speak freedom, we speak blessing, we speak hope, we speak peace, and we thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in their lives and through this ministry, and we pray great blessings, every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let it be upon him and his family and his ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to give it at the end, that's fine. I'm going to welcome Matt back up to finish ministering, um, but again, the offering box is back there. Mike's back there. If you have any questions, you can see him. Thank you, sir. Amen. Do we have a keyboardist or or instrument we could play or like an instrumental music in the background? Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for today. How many God has spoken to you through this word today? Lord, I just thank you for each one that is in this house. Father, right now, I just declare a blessing over the gate and over this family and over this lighthouse in this region. Lord, I thank you for the presence of God that abides here and for the people that you're raising up here. And Lord, I pray a prayer that covers like a blanket over every person under the sound of my voice today. And I ask you, Father, that just as you spoke to us today about the Holy of Holies and about that abiding place with you, where we face-to-face -face see you. My prayer right now, Lord, for each one is that there would come an overshadowing of your presence in their life where they would have a face-to-face -face encounter with you. That, Lord, whether it's here, in their car, in their home, in their house, in their room, Lord, I pray, release fresh new face-to-face -face encounters. And I pray today, God, for a double portion of your grace for, tra for transformation. And Lord, today we receive 
your grace to change us where we can't change ourselves. Let your grace abound in us and through us. Because, Lord, we want our lives to be multiplied for your kingdom. So I ask, Lord, let your kingdom come within each one. Let your will be done in each one here today. I bless their lives, God. I pray your hand would rest mightily upon them. And your work would be mighty within them. And Lord, there would be a release of your glory through their life like they have never seen before. Father, I declare this is the shining hour for the church. This is the shining hour. In the midst of darkness, the world will see a great light, and the darkness will not be able to extinguish that light. So let the light grow stronger, God. Let your peace be upon each one. Let your joy be upon each one. Let your righteousness be upon each one. Let your favor be upon each one. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And if you receive it today, just say, I receive it, God. In Jesus' name, amen.